0: Broadcasting live from atop
1: the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show.
0: All right, happy to have you along my fellow Americans, Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the network refused to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for January the 9th in the year of our Lord 2023. This is our one of two, and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to do so using the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America, using the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, rejecting revolution and standing for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Ladies and gentlemen, on Saturday, I was live from the Utah Eagle Forum Convention. We'll talk about that later as the broadcast unfolds. I also had Chris Carlson on with me. He says, without God, we can never win. With God, we can never lose. The battle for liberty is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in the fight. Amen to that. We talked about Kevin McCarthy, ladies and gentlemen. Fraud, coward, and pansy. That's what Wayne Allen Root writes on supposed GOP humiliation. Here's what Wayne Allen Root says, and I completely agree with him on this point. He says the entire media and government is gaslighting you. Yeah, WNU.com with the article. I agree with that. McCarthy is a traitor, ladies and gentlemen. He is part of the swamp. He isn't trustworthy. He isn't reliable. How can we trust him? He's simply Nancy Pelosi 2.0. Yeah, for example, let's just ask this question under McCarthy's leadership. Will they release all the J6 evidence and investigate the FBI for their criminal activity? I seriously doubt it. We talked in detail about the essence of good government. We talked about, for example, if you're walking past a swimming pool after dark and there's a sign on there that says, no trespassing there, right? Swimming after dark prohibited by law. So now you can't trespass, you can't swim after dark, but somebody's drowning in the pool. Do you save them or do you say, no, the law says they're, you know, I save them, folks, because the moral reality that we face, you know, morals have kind of a hierarchy. Certain things are more important than others. We talked about Kitty Jeninese uh, and the Geninese syndrome. Um, it's the bystander effect, if you will, where people just simply sit by and do nothing. Oftentimes, why founding fathers understood the essence of proper role of government? the course of human events that becomes necessary or morally justifiable for people to dissolve their bands with another well the boston tea party was a political protest how come we hesitate so much in modern times it's a fair honest open question and i brought up the reason that we are justified in hesitating many times is because the tea party or sometimes violating the laws of our land isn't justifiable because we have better ways within the framework that our founding fathers have put in place to solve the problems that we face. That's why I believe secession is not justifiable. That's why I believe an article convention, an Article Five convention, or a concon is not justifiable because we have a different ball game than our founders had. We have solutions, right? All men are not created equal. We got a natural aristocracy going on, folks. This, of course, is a grand illusion folks. It denies the principle of free agency. We've got to understand, you know what? We're not all created equal at all. You know, Scott Bradley's a doctor. I'm just a redneck, see? You, you got to understand some people are good looking and some people are me, have a face for radio. We're not all created created equal. Edward Bernays, the father of propaganda, uh, wants to deny you the truth, Okay. We are born equal in terms of before God, we should have rights, and before government, they should codify those rights for all of us equally. I agree. But government was made for mankind, not the other way around. Government was designed to secure our rights. Bastier said life, liberty, and property do not exist because men have made laws. On the contrary, because of life, liberty, and property, men have made laws. Limited government, believe it or not, lends to peaceful societies, folks, is the reality. We talked about what it would take to have peaceful societies. Without immoral people, it's going to be a very, very tough road to hoe. That's a recap of the broadcast that myself and Chris Carlson discussed. But wow, did they sell us out Friday night? <clears throat> Kevin McCarthy became Speaker of the House. What a disgrace that was and is. Dr. Bradley freedomsrisingsun.com. Welcome back to the broadcast. So well, uh, McCarthy that. caved, or I am I am sorry, McCarthy won. Gates and others caved, sir.
2: Yeah, they didn't vote for him. Uh, there is kind of a well, kind a, of uh, when you hold on when you literally protocol. put
0: your h- vote on a halt or vote present or whatever you want to say, but you didn't vote for him. You are really playing games because your vote put him over the top. So we're well, playing games here with words now.
2: The, that is, that's a, that's a parliamentary protocol kind of thing. They just so your listeners kind of continue to track with us. Maybe the Republicans have two hundred twenty-two Republicans in in the House. I'm not saying they have the votes because they sure don't. And the Democrats picked their guy with two hundred twelve votes to get House Speaker. Uh, if you're going to take the you know, 50% plus 1, because there's 435 in there, you have to go to 218 votes. Well, it seemed like the Republicans, you know, could have, you know, they have a little bit of a a scooch room in there. They had six votes or so. Anyway, uh, not six, four, over the top. The six we'll talk about in just a second. But at any rate, so uh, the big deal was getting them to 218, and uh, we talked about last Friday about the... Uh, difficulties that he was having to get there. But if you just vote present, which six Republicans did, let's see, the guy out of Arizona, another guy out of Arizona, another guy out of Montana, a uh, guy out of Ver- Vermont, not Vermont, Virginia, a uh, guy out of Florida, and a uh, gal out of Colorado. So there were six people that voted present. So if you take six from 222, that gives you 216 is what he needed to get in order to be able to be installed as the... So let's make, let's make it clear so people
0: understand. What we're saying to you is the House of Representatives has what's called a quorum. And if you constitute a quorum, then you uh, can look at the quorum and say the full quorum equates to uh, whatever you've got to have plus one, so to speak. Uh, In other words, you lower the
2: bar by your voting present, right? Well, they did lower his that was needful. So he got 216 votes. He won. But those six people didn't vote for him. But by not voting, they allowed him to get in because if they had voted, there would have been a need of 218 people to get in, 218 votes. So it's almost worse than
0: voting for him.
2: Well, it is, but the reality of the the situation was that it wasn't going to happen. I mean, there these if these six had continued to holding out, you know, we've we've talked last Saturday about how <laughs> things were. I'm not Saturday Friday, about the uh, uh, somehow we, this thing could be drawn out and drawn out and drawn out and drawn out, and, and um, so uh, it, it was something they allowed it to happen. But it wasn't going to happen unless they did. and I. I That's why, to me, it's a vote for.
0: You can play games with words. You can abstain and lower the bar as opposed to voting for so you can supposedly save face later for people uh, who don't understand the semantics of this thing and say, no, I never voted for him. I didn't do it. But the fact is they did it and they made it possible. If they would have held out, he would have been shut down and they'd be looking at it this morning. Uh, And at some point McCarthy would have been forced to back away from the speakership. Uh, but they gave him the
2: go-ahead. Speakership, yeah. They, they, and here's, they here's
0: why I say it was a shame by Matt Getz or Gates, whatever you say. All right, listen carefully to what he said. He was asked why he decided to not vote, lower the bar, really vote for the speaker. I ran out of things that I could even imagine to ask for, Matt Gates said when asked why he finally reversed course on McCarthy for the speakership. He ran out of things to ask for. Now, let me just tell you, that is one of the most telling statements I've ever heard. In other words, it wasn't about stopping the speaker. It was just about extracting as much as I could possibly get before I voted for him to be speaker. And the way you do that is you get as much as you can get on concessions. You then back away and then say, hey, I'm not going to vote. I'm going to abstain or present. And then the bar's lowered and then he gets in all Gates did was hold out for concessions. Now, the problem with these concessions when you uh, force a speaker to be so compromised is you destroy his ability to govern and you also create temporary or one time or special rules that two people created basically Matt and Kevin. Uh, Kevin went on the altar for Matt and did what he wanted. But see, in my opinion, you destroy stability in the house when you do this, you destroy. You left all the other people on the sidelines when you do this to a great degree. Uh, to me, this is a disgrace on both people's parts. Now, most conservatives, most Republicans will say, no, Sam, you don't know what you're talking about. You uh, Look, he got a lot of good things, and maybe so. But the next guys that do it will, you know, hold out for bad things. And you've set a horrible, in my opinion, president that will come back to haunt us, Dr.
2: Okay, well, last Friday, as you recall, and again, we probably don't need to reconstruct the whole hour. We did talk about this concession concept, and I talked about how behind the scenes, you know, there were probably subcommittee chairmanships that were being doled out and stuff like that. Now, what has been reported? Looks like we got to take a break. So we'll talk about maybe when we get back about the Yeah, when we come back, that. we'll talk about r- what the compromises
0: uh, are, have been, et cetera, et cetera. I think this is an absolute disgrace. It just proves that Washington will never be the answer for us. Local is the only real solutions we can focus on. We'll talk about it in seconds on your radio. Kevin, on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, so I say Kevin McCarthy made a huge win. The Republicans lost big. Poor Matt Goetz ran out of things to compromise the speaker with, so he finally just uh, helped him become speaker there, Uh, and right before the break, Dr. Bradley was speaking of Friday. We broke this down a little bit. Hey, they're they're backroom concession dealing right now, Uh, but this just proves that Matt Goetz had no desire to really stop Kevin from being the speaker. He just wanted to extract as much as that he could get from the speaker, compromising him along the way. Uh, and we'll talk about the details of what was um, reportedly on the altar. Doctor?
2: Okay, I, I don't believe that we publicly know all of the concessions that were made. I believe that there are backroom deals made and they'll roll out sometime in the near future, I suspect. But, uh, you know, here's here's Jeffries, the the. Majority leader, the Democrat, he's talking more like you, Sam, that this has been a complete, American people are going to be held captive for the next two years. So, and he's blaming, uh, they always turn it back to Trump, okay, and I know you're not. But at any rate, here's, here's what has been publicized, and I've gone through a lot of the reviews that have been reported. Again, I don't believe we've got the whole story at this point. But, but, uh, Good or bad, I guess you're going to have to, in your own mind, sort these, and maybe we talk about them over time. But let's run through them. The number of members needed to call for a motion to vacate the speaker's chair is now at 1. So if GATS on Tuesday morning says, I'll call for a motion to vacate the the chair, and previously McCarthy proposed 5 could call for a motion to vacate. Okay, But that concession was 1. Okay, so to move to raise the debt ceiling must be accompanied by spending cuts. That's what CNN has reported. I'm going through a number of different reports that are out there. Okay, okay, so they're they've supposed to establish whether it'll happen and have any teeth. I don't know. A rules, excuse me, a select committee on how the federal government has been weaponized in recent years. Okay, now, remember just the other day we passed that $1.7 trillion omnibus bill. McCarthy agreed to vote individually on 12 appropriation bills, so it will be split up at least by 12, which is probably not adequate because they will be pork in each of those probably too. Okay, so <clears throat> they could still amend appropriation legislation, or they will be able to, it will reinstate it, what they call a Holman Rule, to reduce salary of government officials, which you know, the House and the Senate might want to apply it to themselves. Okay, now there's another one. Uh, it allows lawmakers 72 hours to review bills before they come to the House floor. Okay, so also there's a, uh, the rules package includes votes on bills that uh, sometimes are kind of critical about border security and abortion. Okay, now those are ones that have been publicized as to what concessions have been established. And and you you can say, well, were they... Incremental steps in the right direction, and and there can be a debate about that because you know the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, if you will. So the next speaker of the house might say, "Okay, you guys, we're getting rid of that twelve appropriations bill one that we so stupidly agreed to to get McCarthy in, whatever, whatever." But if if people abide by these, there might be some incremental good that comes out of them. this nonsense of voting for a huge. They're not
0: going to abide uh, by it. They already had 72-hour waiting rules to read bills that they ignored over and over and over and over.
2: They did, again. Okay, so this this is This is games in many times and in many ways. But the question becomes, well, first of all, I personally didn't think that McCarthy was a good choice at any time and still isn't, okay? But uh, the idea of someone being brought forth that would be a, a better choice you know, Steve Scalise. We, we talked about him being the number two guy, the whip, that would could possibly play out. But as you and I were talking about it on Friday, someone within the House to do that. I mean, was Bobert going to get pit, picked, or was Gats, or was uh, was uh, what's her name, Marjorie Taylor Green, or was uh, uh, I mean Brooks? I mean, th- think about this for a second. Some of these people that that uh, you know bob good uh, i don't know uh, i i don't know uh, i i don't believe that any one of them could have gotten more than two or three votes maybe six i guess I, you could say if these other people voted for them and themselves but uh, yep. and you're, you're just showing House...
0: how the republicans are no different than the democrats if any of these real constitutionally minded americans who have a track record to prove it uh, could only get two or three votes, then hey, we're so far down the road of broken, so far down the road of deep state, so far down the road to where hey, Congress is just absolutely irrelevant. Eventually, they will just destroy themselves and destroy the country and destroy Washington. That'll go down with it. That's the reality, you know, Doctor.
2: Yeah, you're right. Uh, we are in a big, big hurt right now, and as it comes to we the people. You know, two years from now, we're going to have the opportunity to have a whole brand new House of Representatives, and it's time to begin that process. You know, there's a uh a rep out of uh, Kentucky. He's absolutely convinced that uh uh there's going to be a motion to remove McCarthy. You know, he he's he talked to the meet the Press yesterday. Uh he's absolutely convinced that this ain't over. That the uh the McCarthy stranglehold, if you will, <laughs> that Pelosi seemed to wield is is not done and I'm I'm hoping that that it will become a little bit more apparent who might be able to do the right thing for the right reasons. But right now, the Republicans really don't seem to have a, uh, a lock on any good principles. I mean, like I say, there were six that held withheld their vote, which allowed him to come in. Uh, but if you look at the track record of most of those people, they're, number one, they, they tend to vote more constitutionally. And number two, they tend to be the pariahs of the press. I mean, the people on the lame-brain press that would, a lot of, better known as the mainstream press, they can't say enough bad about those people. And, and that gives you some idea. Well, they might be right sometimes, you know. That's kind of how you have to do it. You have to judge. Yeah, but you've really <laughs> proven that even when you hold out with your
0: tiny group, you'll never get your win. You'll just simply compromise and lose. That's what we've not right sent now, we're as not. a signal. Yeah, we're not, we're not getting it now. I mean, and, and, and the Gates reason is, being is. called a tactical genius, but I submit to you that he simply broke the system and caved
2: yeah and we got what we were going to get anyway and it only took six ballots no excuse me it only took 15 ballots that six people uh voted present on to be able to uh, to to get what he wanted and again poor choice were there any good choices uh i don't see any that had a pathway to victory at all that were in, that are currently in the house and again you may say well i like this person or this gal or whatever but but they don't have a pathway to victory, and so when when you say that that uh, Matt gave gave up after he would got as many concessions as he could, we'll we'll go back and review that list of concessions we just talked about, and and uh, you know there's some of them that really probably ought to be applied. I mean this stuff about. You know, putting all the everything in one big pork barrel and, and passing the barrel out with the oozing pork out the sides. Yeah, you That's think, a they're very gonna bad thing? think
0: they're really going go to stop that? You think they're really going to go to one-item
2: bills? Well, they're going to go to 12 right now. I mean, yeah, I wish bills. they'd do a. I wish they'd do How a, many pages an I, item, doctor, there? Well, if you do 12 into 4,155, you'll get some idea of what happened on this last go around it's a big I don't mean to be negative I'm just telling you
0: right now folks they have failed us so big it's time to button down the hatches we're going to talk next hour or I'm sorry in the next half hour uh, we're going to talk about a gentleman who really uh is bringing up solutions now the group is called fortituderanch.com and we were going to talk about Eagle Forum but I've got to switch gears and talk about this fortitude ranch Uh, Because you know what, folks, we've got to do something, and you've got to somehow find ways to start protecting your family. Pretty soon Congress is going to be responsible for selling us down the river on environmental issues. Pretty soon you won't even be able to eat. You'll be able to drive your car all hungry uh, and stuff like that with the agenda these people have planned for us. And we've proven we cannot hold out or stop them from anything, even when the Republicans take charge. You can't stop them from anything that we want to stop them from. Now, I wish it were different. But I'm telling you right now, Congress is absolutely 100% broken. And uh, any good in there that you find, they have zero power. They're elected in name only uh, because we the people don't give them any power. Uh, And, you know, why some of these constitutionalists can't get a single vote is very, very telling. Why some of these names that were constitutional people didn't even come up for a vote uh, is very telling uh, as well. We never even got there. All we did is vote for McCarthy like 15 times, along with a bunch of other yahoos, Democrats, and everybody else, and you know Steve Scalise's and and, and people that don't matter. And the end of the day, we got nothing. A few concessions that probably will be half honored. But now the Speaker ship, if you will, is so tenuous one person can call for the ouster. It's just going to be nothing but a political circus up there, ladies and gentlemen all you're going to see is Congress. You can watch the circus all day if you want to. I prefer to focus on different solutions that might have a prayer making a difference for myself and my family. Back in seconds, Dr. Scott Bradley with me. freedomsrisingsun.com is his website. And you are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Proclaiming liberty across the land.
1: You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Lance Pry. Former Virginia Tech women's soccer player Kirsten Henning, who accused her coach of benching her because she wouldn't kneel during the national anthem, will reportedly receive at least $100,000 as part of an agreement to dismiss a federal lawsuit. Kirsten will receive the award as part of a settlement in the lawsuit she filed in 2021 against head coach Charles Adder on her First Amendment rights being violated. The House will dive into its first week of work Monday morning with bills to cut the Internal Revenue Service funding and investigate economic competition from China. Speaker Kevin McCarthy, the Republican from California, is now Speaker of the House after a lengthy election process proving democracy is alive and well
0: in America. With love for this country and charity for each other. Let us now take our oath and be worthy of the office on which we are about to enter. God bless everybody in this chamber and God bless America.
1: California Governor Gavin Newsom is asking President Biden to make an emergency declaration after a series of deadly storms poured much-needed water onto the Golden State. As the National Weather Service warned, the most potent system will arrive today.
0: We're anticipating some very intense weather coming in, and that's the imperative that we're trying to express here is the seriousness of
3: purpose in terms of just being safe and being thoughtful.
1: The Democrat governor describes the lives lost from recent storms.
3: In the last 10 days, 12 people have lost their lives to these floods, 12 people. Again, more than have lost their lives, civilians, that is, to wildfires in the last two years.
1: College football's national championship game will take place this evening to determine the best in the land. Texas Christian University out of Fort Worth, Texas, and the Georgia Bulldogs will play in Los Angeles, California. Today is National Law Enforcement Appreciation Day. This is USA News. Patriotsoftware.com, accounting and payroll, keep your time and money. Mike Kappel here, serial entrepreneur with words from another happy payroll customer. It's very easy to use from the login and the setup was extremely easy. I didn't have to call anyone for help. I was able to do it on my own. And I love the fact that I can run my payroll and print my pay stubs. And then you guys do all of the filing for me. So I get a quarterly report that everything's been filed on my behalf. And then at the end of the year, I can print out my w two. So I use you guys. I tell everybody, it's the easiest thing I've ever done. Why anybody doesn't use y'all, I don't know. Visit us at PatriotSoftware.com. Use promo code RADIO and get two months of payroll free. That's PatriotSoftware.com. With PatriotSoftware.com, accounting and payroll, keep your time and money.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman and Dr. Bradley moving away from the feckless Congress to real solutions that might make a difference. That's preparation for you and your family. We've got on the line with us now a guy, a gentleman by the name of Dr. Drew Miller, and he's got a bunch of credentials behind his names, but ultimately he's the CEO of FortitudeRanch.com, which we'll be talking about in more detail in seconds. Drew, welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir.
3: Thank you, Sam. It's a great honor to be on Liberty Roundtable.
0: You betcha. Now, tell me this. Uh, you're a doctor. You've got a gazillion uh, acronyms behind your name. Tell us about who you are first.
3: Well, probably most important thing is I'm a retired Air Force colonel. I went to the Air Force Academy, uh, graduated, and got an academic scholarship to Harvard University. So I got my master's degree there. Then back into the Air Force, served as an intelligence officer, I acted duty and then guard and reserve for 30 years, so I'm a retired Air Force colonel, but I've also worked in the Department of Defense in the Pentagon as the research staff at the Institute for Defense Analyses, and then since I was reserve, I was also able to do a business career, worked at ConAgra in corporate planning and development, and I know you have a lot of county sheriffs on your show. I was a county commissioner, just part-time work in Nebraska, so I spent a lot of time with... Law enforcement and jail and other issues uh, indirectly as a county commissioner, but been a prepper for decades. And like most preppers, you know, initially plan to do it on your own. But if you really think it through, if it's a bad collapse, there are going to be a lot of marauders out there and you just need to have a lot of guards on duty all the time. And you can't do that as a family or even several families. And So voluntary survival communities started getting going. They've been around for a long time, but the problem is they just fall apart. There's just too much arguing over who's in charge. Should we buy a second radiation detector or not? They're very expensive. So we developed the Fortitude Ranch business as a way to make surviving affordable for the middle class and more effective than you can get even at the very expensive options.
0: Now, it's surprising, usually, when you have that much uh, government and academic service, uh, it takes the patriotism right out of you. Drew, you've managed to stay uh, stay true the whole time, huh?
3: Well, I think the vast majority of both military and people who serve in government are good folks. It's just that the system grinds you down, and uh, the people in charge at the top um, have other agendas sometimes, unfortunately, namely re-election.
0: Sad tale, but true as could be... Uh, so Fortitude Ranch, tell me kind of how that got started. I know you kind of say it got started in the, the prepper idea. You can't make it as families, and so you've got to – tell me the organization, how it is, and I guess you guys are starting franchises, right?
3: Yeah, we have been uh, operating for 10 years now, and in the last couple of years, not so much with the virus but more the civil unrest, the things you see in Portland and the attacks on police. Uh, that has really spurred much, much more interest and preparedness. Even to the point where even the Washington Post ran an article recently saying the preppers were right. You need to be prepared. People recognize it now, so we can't keep up with the demand, so we're expanding. But, but back to your question: How do we get founded? Again, I've been a prepper for decades, and like most, is trying to do it on my own. But if you really think it through, you cannot do this on your own. Uh, when the electric grid goes down, which is highly unlikely, when there's a human to human transmissible version of avian flu and biologists use the word inevitable to say this is going to happen and it's not it's not COVID much much less than 1% lethal 60% lethal in its present form when that happens no one is going to work there will be no food production no food deliveries Uh, policemen are either gonna stay home to keep themselves alive or they're gonna get killed exposed to a virus or to marauder groups that form and 95 percent of americans are not prepared they're either going to have to stay at home and starve to death or they're going to go out and steal and they're going to go out and steal there's two million americans we've got locked up in jails they are guaranteed not to be prepared and you cannot keep prisoners in jail if there's no electric system prison you know said as a county commissioner one of my duties was i inspected the county jail once a month we had to do it and you don't move prisoner from here to there without going through electric doors that lock and close. No electricity, no jails can operate. Now they've got diesel backup generators just like hospitals do, but after three days, fuel's gone. So in an electric grid down situation, in a pandemic situation where no guard in their right mind will go to work and expose themselves to a 60% lethal virus, you're gonna have to release two million people. What are they gonna do? How are they going to stay alive they're going to go out stealing robbing marauding and killing so you need to have a place you can go that's all set up and you need a lot of people there because you need a lot of guards on duty because it's not going to be necessarily one or two neighbors trying to break into your place it's going to be organized gangs because that's what people will do to survive so that was the origin of Fortitude ranch over 10 years ago we started in west virginia then colorado We've got, we use the term corporate locations now in West Virginia, Colorado, Wisconsin, Texas, and Nevada. And we've got so many people waiting to join that we've started franchising now.
0: Wow. So let's talk about the first one. Which one was the first one, built?
3: Uh, well, we did some testing in Colorado, but the actual first location that is in West Virginia, and kind of interesting, I mean, you were talking about, you know, congressmen have, you know, their own agenda. Well, congressmen have protection. Uh, when the shit hits the fan you and i are on their own but congressmen and their families their families too they're going to be whisked off to mount weather which is in virginia and i don't give out our precise locations but Fort grant west virginia is not too far away from them and um, it's a great place to survive it's a forest location it's not far from dc they can get their people there fairly quickly huge fema facility uh, largely underground, and huge construction is going on there now on the surface. You drive by there, and you can't get into it, obviously, but you can drive by and see massive construction going on on the surface, but most of it's underground. So at taxpayer expense, congressmen, all the top officials in the federal government, they've got fantastic protection, and there's nothing being done for us. And this expansion is going on now. And you think, well, if there's expansion going on and they're more concerned about threats, why aren't they warning people? There are no warnings issued to us. We're just told, oh, don't worry, we'll take care of you. But that's nonsense. When the the grid goes down, when there's a bad pandemic, Yellowstone goes off and, you know, has massive destruction and Food production can't be continued because of the aftermath of that. Any kind of disaster you want to name an asteroid hits and causes tsunamis and wipes out coastal areas, You know, everything will break down, and there's no way the government is going to protect you. So you should be preparing to do it on your own, but the government doesn't do anything to help or even warn people of their need to be prepared, and the threat levels are rising uh, and it's, I'm not just talking about Russia and China and Taiwan, the things you know about. The technological advance is happening all the time. Biotechnology is the one that scares the most for me. Uh, but new means to do nuclear weapons production, uh, nanotechnology, artificial intelligence, uh, all these new technologies, they're very good. They can be put to excellent use, but you know, all it takes is one or two bad people to put new technologies to bad use. And the destructive power of individuals today dwarfs anything in the past. You could have one dedicated unibomber type person in their basement using research from our famous gain-of-function research you've heard so much about. Well, we did it several years ago on how to make avian flu human-to-human contagious or mammal-to-mammal contagious. Not only was that research done with your taxpayer funds, they published it they had success in making avian flu, 60% bird flu, contagious between mammals. They used ferrets in their test. And um, and so it's tremendous that they did this in the first place. But then after that, they published it. Open source publications, how you do it. And it is not CRISPR technology. It is not high-tech biological machinery you need to do that. It's a simple method. I don't discuss it on the air. I don't want to you contribute to people finding out how to do it, but I know how to do it because I've read it and anyone around the world, certainly Al Qaeda members and terrorists and people who think there's too many people and we need to wipe out a few billion people, they can read that, they can do that on their own. And one person today has the ability to make a virus 60% lethal and release it. And when that happens, it's game over Uh, For most of civilization, you've heard of the 1918 Spanish flu. A lot of problems with that name. First of all, all, it wasn't Spanish. It actually, most people think, started in Kansas. Uh, But secondly, it wasn't 1918. It lasted a year and a half before that pandemic played out. So imagine a year and a half or more of a 60% lethal virus. No one's going to work. Nothing is going to function. All the infrastructure will break down. You're on your own for a year and a half. And the only way you're gonna stay alive is one, you're prepared, you're a member of Fortitude Ranch, or you've got really, really good other measures to stay alive. Or two, you're in the government, you're taken care of if you're at Mount Weather or Site R or the other government facilities. Or three, you gotta form a marauder group and steal from the folks who have supplies or you're gonna die.
2: Doctor Bradley. Uh, uh, oh, ain't it awful. Uh <laughs> Well, Dr. Miller brings out a lot of really good points. I mean, I, I remember the days when the government was trying to help the people get ready. I mean, there were uh, shelters that were happening. Hey, can you guys uh, skip the break real quick? Go ahead, doctor. We had uh, uh, shelters everywhere. Uh, not everywhere, but many of the places that were uh, available in large metro areas and everything like that. These have all fallen into disarray. Uh, I I worked under Cheyenne Mountain in uh, Colorado Springs for a while as a defense contractor. I, in fact, I've probably been. Uh, Doctor Miller graduated from the Air Force Academy. I've probably been in a lot of places, in the academy and under the academy that he never heard of. But uh, there, there. Oh, ha- cadets used was to break in the- into those
3: places all the time. We know about the underground <laughs> tunnels.
2: <laughs> okay, well, you you got an idea then about uh, you know the infrastructure that's out there. But these kinds of approaches to things have been used uh for uh, since almost mortality began and and you look at how the illuminati and the jacobins did their thing with the french they they broke down the infrastructure they let the criminals free uh they were the ones that were you know basically marauders out as has been mentioned here and they dumped food supplies in the seine river uh, I mean, all this stuff happened. The the Bolsheviks used it again in Russia. And they didn't have to do a lot to disrupt things because of the way uh, World War I had played out uh, based on the annihilation of so many people. Uh, HEMP, high-altitude electromagnetic pulse, hemp, uh, that, will, that will put our water supplies out of business. I mean, there's all sorts mm-hmm. of, like I say, oh, ain't it awful stuff that could happen. We do need a, a community to be able to survive. I mean... One of the things that came out of our studies of Bosnia and what was going on there, if somebody, you know, bunkered up and hunkered down uh, with just their family, sooner or later people had to sleep. So there's a, there's a good idea of being able to gather. Um, and I, you know, the th- I'd like to find out more about what you're offering and, and suggesting. I suggest that we're going to need 10,000 locations uh, or maybe even 100,000 locations to be able to make a dent into uh, something, and I think that individuals uh, need to be wise in what they expect. I, if I had to go to from my home, and go to Kalispell, Montana, I don't think you have one there. I do know of a bunker-up place in just out of Gardner, Montana, that's probably big enough for two or three hundred people. But that's still an infinitely small place that um, that we could do that. I mean, this needs to become something that. People need to think about and kind of take their expedient measures actions uh, to find out what to do, because most people don't know that uh, the, the grid could be brought down by an EMP, or it could be destroyed by a few uh, strategically placed weapons. Uh, we used to do these kind of scenarios all the time when when I was under the mountain, so to speak. But... Uh, <laughs> No, there. This is this is something people need to have their level of awareness raised. They need to think about this. They need to talk about it. They need to to start having it part of their discussions within families. You don't want to make their kid your skid, kids scared all the time, and that's all you're doing. But have a f- viable plan. And yeah, they say prepare it. for
0: the worst, enjoy the present, think about a private membership vacation club, a country club, and survivable community. So in the good times, it's a fun place to go. In the bad times, it's a place to survive. And they got a full-time staff for each one of them. And um, it's especially attractive to join because the doubling of this recreation and vacation facility along with a survivalist, uh, if the need arises. True?
3: Yeah, that's correct. So we're a survival committee in bad times. But in normal times, our members can come out and vacation, not just at their home fort where they've got their weapons and emergency supplies stored. But you can go to any Fortune Ranch location, and that'll include franchise locations as they come online, The vacation. And we're, we're right rural rural areas. Uh, so, yeah, again, I don't give out exact locations, but we're in the mountains in Colorado. We're in central Texas with lots of fishing and hunting. And, you know access to go to tourist attractions around there we're surrounded by the george washington national forest in west virginia our franchise location that's starting up in tennessee is in the cherokee national forest in nevada we're up in the northern desert uh, but we have springs <laughs> we're not desert we've got Five Springs and more on our place up there. And then in Wisconsin, we're on the lakes up there. So you could do a vacation up to two weeks a year as a member at any of our locations. But but our main our major mission is survival. It's a place where members can come to survive and ride out of collapse. And Dr. Badley is exactly right. We used to have civil defense. And the threat level is up now versus before. It's not just Russia. There's so many new sources of threats. Threat levels are up. Disasters will be worse, but government's doing nothing for them. And the absolute priority of government in a collapse is continuity of government. Dr. Bradley is, I'm sure, well aware of this. And there's plans you can Google and find them on the web. But the top goal of government at all levels, not just federal, but state and even big city level, is to keep the elected officials protected and alive. So, again, Congress will go to Mount Weather, R in Pennsylvania is another one. A lot of top federal officials will go to. But even at the state level, you you know, if you see the governor, you normally will notice there's a state patrol person, you know, bodyguard with them. Well, in the collapse with the threats up, there'll be more state patrol assigned to protect the governor. And big cities, the mayors and even some city councilmen, they're all going to get police protection if police are available. And what's left for us? When you're in your home and there's marauders going through your neighborhood, breaking into houses, stealing food, shooting people if they resist, and you call the police... They're not gonna answer the phone or the radio, and they just, I'm not criticizing you, because they just won't have the resources. They are gonna be tasked with continuity of government, protecting the elected officials and the top officials as their top priority, and you're on your own. It's gonna be much worse security than you face day to day in a collapse, and you know you might be able to hunker down in your house and ride it out if it's short-term, but if the grid goes down, it will take, I mean, the, the congressionally funded EMP commission warned in the report well over a decade ago that when the grape goes down it's chaos you could lose they estimated 90 percent of the u.s population could die uh, dr bell you mentioned the water systems you don't have any electricity you don't have water pumps there is no municipal water supply so water supply will be gone
2: instantly yeah it gets bad and, real uh, fast the sewer really stuff. fast wait, wait. If you don't have any power, you don't have sewers, which means nope. it backs up. And, and what you do is you become septic on almost everything. You've got uh, yep. uh, the problem. If you look at what happened in, in what we did to Iraq when we started uh, bombing them back to the Dark Ages, you look at what happened in Afghanistan, you look at what happened in Bosnia, all of these things are lessons we can learn if if things went upside down. And so, yeah, there's a lot of lessons to learn, but Americans... Always figure they're going to be able to adjust their temperature within two degrees of whatever they want, and everything's always good. And uh, the grocery store—it's like one—I uh, don't know if they call them snowflakes or woke person said—in one big date. What do we? What do we need? Do- what do we need uh, uh, farmers for? We got grocery stores. I mean, you know, people just don't think ahead. We don't connect the dots
3: if i could recommend something for every one of your listeners there's a new documentary out that everyone needs to watch to and and let your family friends and associates know about it it's called grid down power up grid down power up if you google that you'll find this documentary a professionally produced and it's just full of experts and it's not this is not partisan there's people on both sides of the aisle and it's a long problem long-term problem we've known about for decades and this documentary describes all the problems, the, the, the things that are going wrong. I can't, I can't go through all the details, but those big transformers you see, we don't produce many of them in the United States anymore. It will take us well over a year under good conditions to rebuild the grid. So we're not talking about a day, a week, or even a month of no grid. We're talking about a year plus. And that's why 90% of the population could die. No food production, no water systems, (laughs) an absolute loss of law and order for over a year. You know, you could lose the estimated 90% of the population. But, you know, you don't have to believe Dr. Bradley or Sam or me. Watch this documentary, Grid Down, Power Up. You'll hear experts all over the place warning you about that. And then more important, he used David Tice as a producer. He uses the term power up because he's trying to get a movement going to force the politicians to make them harden the grid. It's doable. We can harden the grid, but the problem is to harden the grid. You're going to have to invest some money, billions of dollars. And I don't think it's that expensive relative to the, the disaster, but you have to spend some money, which means electric rates are going to go up. So what happens to votes? Remember what I said earlier. What congressman's priority? Re-election. So if you vote. To force utilities to harden the grid, rates will go up, and now opponent will run against you, saying, "Congressman Schmuckety Schmuck just made your electric bill go up, you know, so many dollars a month. Get him or her out of office. Vote for me." And so they've been afraid to do this. We've known about the problem for decades, but congressmen—they're protected. They've got Mount Weather. They're derelict in
0: their duty, and they're paralyzed is the problem, ladies and gentlemen. So let's talk about individually. If you are interested in a fortitude ranch kind of an idea, ladies and gentlemen, it's about $1,000 a person What annually. Is that right?
3: That's the average. We have a country club membership policy, so you pay more up front to join, but it averages out. But we can have low-cost memberships if you don't want a fancy room you don't want a lot of privacy if you want a really fancy luxury room, we've got those too so it varies but we make this affordable for the middle class our mission is to help our members survive the worst kind of disaster
0: and when we talk about power up because they want to power up faster and the demand is so incredible they're now op- offering franchise opportunities for folks so that you can learn kind of how to do it and get involved what does it take to franchise something in general
3: um, well, the investment is in the facility. The franchise fees are low, but you got to build, you got to buy land, you got to build a lot of buildings, the equipment. We need full-time staff, so you're looking at anywhere from a half a million to a million dollars to get a facility up and running, and with enough members that you know you can break even or make a little bit of profit. Now, if you've got an RV place, if you've got a ranch already. Um, if you've got some kind of rural resort, you've already got maybe half or mostly investment made, so it's a cheaper add-on for that. And then there's a lot of voluntary survival communities that are out there, and they're struggling. And I knew about it before. That's one of the reasons we founded Fortitude Ranch is we knew that voluntary survival communities last maybe a year or so, and then they fall apart. Uh, people thought you can't get – I mean, it takes at least 50 people before we'll even declare one of our locations operational. Because you need a lot of guards on duty, especially at night. You need at least 50 people, and really our goal is hundreds at every location. So try to get 50 to 100 people voluntarily to agree on everything. It's impossible. really hard,
0: and that's where the franchise yeah. and the guidance and the documentation yeah. uh, that the people agree to and everything else comes in. How many acres is kind of one of the smallest kind of a facility
3: it really varies a lot. If you're sitting up against a national forest or a state forest, public land, and most of that tends to be very inaccessible, you don't need a lot of land. Because then a collapse, what are you going to do? You're going to go into the forest and it's illegal, but who cares? There's no laws. There's no... There's no justice, it's survival. You go out and chop down trees there and you'll hunt and poach there. Uh, but the reality is everyone who doesn't have preparedness is thinking, oh, well, I'll head to the hills and survive in the forest. Well, the deer are gonna get hunted out pretty darn fast. But back to your question on land, if you're surrounded by a remote area surrounded by forest, you could get by with maybe as little as you know five or six acres. Uh, but we recommend more on the order of 20 to 40 acres minimum. Our places, we have places in Nevada that, you know, have 175 acres, but we don't have a lot of trees there. So land is cheap and we can get a lot more. But it varies a lot. It varies situation depending on water supplies. We help our franchisees find good places and go through about three or four dozen criteria we look at.
0: There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We're about out of time. But what I wanted to do is introduce our audience to Drew to this Fortitude Ranch concept and idea, I'm hoping people will go to fortituderanch.com. They'll learn as much as they can. There's a lot of resources there as well. And then what we're going to do is we're going to have Drew back for a full two-hour discussion in more detail because we've just barely scratched the surface. There is a lot here going on that can really benefit you and your family. It makes the undoable doable. Uh, I don't know if that's a good marketing tip, but there you have it, Drew. I believe the undoable is, you know, you just can't do it by yourself. It's too much money. It's too much time. It's too much, too many skill sets all brought together at once. It's almost impossible to do by yourself. And Even if you get it done, when the marauders come and you get run over, it doesn't help you. And so the
3: undoable becomes
0: doable uh, is my final statement. Drew, do you want to make the final comment here and then we'll have you back?
3: No, I really appreciate it, Sam. You summed it up well and be glad to be back on your show. And people can go to 14 com if you're joining or checking out a franchise. And I really recommend everyone not just watch grid down, power up, but you need to forward it to your friends because most people have no clue. They think of the grid going down as, oh, I might be cold for three days. No, the grid goes down and there's a lot of ways, solar flares, cyber attack, physical attacks of so the hemp that uh, Dr. Bradley was talking about. When it goes down, it's game over. Our society, most of our power is going to be gone and uh there'll be a lot less Americans when we finally hopefully pull out in a couple of years. And that assumes that, you know, China doesn't or someone else doesn't invade while we're, you know, so knocked out and debilitated.
2: Dr. Bradley, final comments, yours. We need to think about this and, uh, and look forward. I, I've done a study on uh, what happened in South Africa with their, uh, you know, like Rhodesia and all those other places. And one of the things that's always left out when you have the mobs and the Mass migrations is governance. Governance is a key issue, and almost nobody thinks about that. And, and proper government is well-defined, but uh, most people, it goes out the window real fast. Anarchy begins to rule. So anyway, yeah, something we got to real think about.
0: Dr. Drew Miller, thank you so much, my friend. We'll have you back soon. I wanted to get this on instantly uh, when one of my listeners and, and uh, members of the CSPOA uh got this to me i said man we got to get drew on asap Uh, but i want to have a longer discussion and we'll do it soon fortituderanch.com is where you can learn more ladies and gentlemen individual involvement and or franchising both available drew thank you sir thank you sam dr scott bradley thank you sir we sure appreciate you as well ladies and gentlemen we the people along with the grace of the almighty can and will survive protect ourselves We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.